buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and rub nasty, nasty pirate dirt all over your textures. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast that is maybe unfortunately about Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. I think I think it was a, a challenging watch this week at first. Yeah, it got progressively better as it went along. Yes, when I added on a third world for this viewing. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think Agrabah's fine, but we'll get to it's it. It's okay. Yeah. It's alright. Gilbert Gottfried is there, R.I.P. Yeah, it was good to hear Gilbert. But, uh, man, it was not good to hear <laughs> fake Johnny Depp. No, is that isn't actually Jeffy Rush, is it? Oh, absolutely not. I didn't look up who it was. Let me do that. I want to say that the fake Jack Sparrow... I mean, he was Jack Sparrow. I think that was... What's his name? Uh, The guy who was Titus. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jack Sparrow is James Arnold Taylor. Barbosa is... Oh, Brian George. That's right. Brian George, of course. uh, Sanjay Shaker from The Secret Life of the American Teenager. I think he was also on The Big Bang Theory is where normal people would know of him from. Okay. I haven't watched either of those shows. What? Yeah. We should do a podcast about the secret life of the American teenager. Oh, I bet no one would listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've if I've referenced Secret Life before on this podcast. <laughs> I don't think so. It doesn't have a lot of crossover with Kingdom Hearts. Uh, well, you're wrong about that, but that that's a late 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 crackpot corner. Okay. Once once the uh ABC family acquisition was complete. <laughs> Right, okay. I don't think the timeline of that makes any sense. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I fucked up. This Welcome to the apology segment of the week, mm. as is tradition. Uh, I do not know how I missed an Ansem report last week. Oh. We have an Ansem report. You get it after you beat Demix in the Underworld. And here is what it says. This is Secret Ansem Report 5. I think the, the one where he went to Castle Oblivion, I think, was 7 or 8. So he's not there yet. I don't know where he is, but here is what he has to say about his location. I love Ansem reports because it's a little story time for me. So listeners should imagine me, I'm curled up with a little bit of hot cocoa, and I'm just ready to hear um, about, I don't know, some sort of fucked up experiment, probably. (laughs) As I was torturing the children. uh, (laughs) In this realm where all existence has been disintegrated, I have just barely managed to preserve my sense of self by continuing to think and to write. It is a place where even time has lost all meaning. Eternity is as but a moment here. I must make haste. Certainly their plans are already underway. The Heartless must be the key to unraveling this mystery. The six traitors were operating a laboratory that churned out those cursed shadows. Not only did they generate pure blood Heartless from living hearts, but they then used those Heartless to synthesize artificial versions of the creatures as well. These synthetic Heartless bore insignias and were called emblems. Pure blood or emblem, these heartless act only to fulfill their instinctive needs. They single-mindedly detect hearts and swarm around them. A human's commands would be ineffective. The heartless would easily steal the human's heart and use it to increase their own ranks. But what if an even stronger heartless was giving the orders? If he cast aside his own soul and body and became a heartless, wouldn't he be able to control the otherwise intractable heartless? Furthermore, wouldn't he be planning to make use of the creature's instincts? If the heart-seeking heartless have their sights set on a larger, more powerful heart, their ultimate goal is crystal clear. The largest heart in existence, the heart of the world. 
This is all conjecture, but it would seem he is utilizing the Heartless in his search for a path leading to the heart of the world. Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, we already knew from the first game that Ansem was a Heartless himself, yes? Yeah, we did know that. We're getting a little bit of insight into why he did that to himself, which is to control the Heartless. Yeah. I think he also wrote in his own reports about how he he was being held back by his body or something like that. Yeah, no, he definitely has the thing about turning himself. Although then there's the confusing bit that that's written by a different Ansem or the researchers Mm -hmm. or something. I'm a little unclear on that stuff still. Which ones? So is the person that wrote the secret reports the same person that turned himself into a Heartless on purpose? No. So what we learned uh, in, I think it was the first secret report that we got, we learned that the first Ansem report was written by Ansem. Mm-hmm. Everyone after that that we've got in Kingdom Hearts 1 was written by his apprentice who took his name got for it. reasons that I don't remember. I guess just uh, to, to, <laughs> to put the blame on somebody else, I guess. Yeah, so all these secret reports are like, my apprentice stole my diary, I'm so mad, here's here's the real shit. Got it, okay. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you, uh, if, if, you're not, if you're not reading this in this book, you are reading a, ha- a hacked version of Ansem's reports. <laughs> original story, do not steal. <laughs> I was thinking more of like a QAnon, no outside comms situation. Oh, sure, that too. Yeah, all right. <laughs> if you're not reading your Ansem reports on on eight uh, chan, if you're not if you're not on some secret Telegram, uh, you're not getting the real stuff. Yeah, so that's the Ansem report. I don't know why. Here's a weird thing, mm-hmm. and I think I think we're you and I are in a, a point in Kingdom Hearts two. I feel where we're a little bit questioning if this game is actually that good. And I think it will be good again. Yeah, I think it, it, it's the Disney problem more than anything. Yeah. I, I think the overarching plot might be fine. Um, well, we should get into it and I could, we can talk about it a little more, I think. Yeah, I did just want to say, though, I feel like it's got a little bit of sequelitis that I don't remember it having before, where, like... I've talked before about how there's not as strong of a sort of driving plot device leading Sora from world to world. The, like, go somewhere, the first person you meet is your new best friend, do whatever they need you to do, and then a random object will light up and unlock the next gateway. That's, like, that's not as good as we have to go from world to world to lock the hearts so that the heartless can't get them. And then... The progression is just that they find these navigation gummies that Sid installs for them. Yeah, because it's not even, like, clear to me why you would want to connect all the worlds back up again. Because it kind of just feels like you're putting them at more risk when you do that. Yes. And I think another another manifestation of that weird issue is, I don't know if you remember, the explanation for uh, the Ansem reports in the first game. The Ansem reports are, like, plot significant in and of themselves, because... They, like, Leon tells them Ansem was studying the Heartless, he wrote up all these reports, Maleficent pushed everyone out of uh, of the castle that we lived in, or the town that we lived in with the castle, whatever, and she stole these reports for her own understanding of the Heartless, and that's why you find them when you beat, like, Maleficent's friends in boss fights. 
in this, there's not really, as far as I can tell, any sort of narrative meaning behind the secret Ansem reports being dropped just by random... Like, sometimes it'll be an organization member, sometimes it'll be a heartless boss fight, sometimes you'll just find it when you, like, arrive in an area. It's kind of weird, and it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... That, that, that is kind of... Yeah, I think that is kind of the stuff that... The the lore reasons behind what you're doing don't seem as strong sometimes. Yeah, I'm starting to think that the best Kingdom Hearts game might actually be Kingdom Hearts 3, which is very surprising to me that I feel that way, considering how much I hated it the first time I played it. Huh. But we'll, we'll get there uh, decades from now, probably. Yeah. Uh, Sora and friends arrive in Port Royal and marvel at the gritty textures. Yeah, they they say something how this place is kind of different, and is that just referring to that it's this is the live action play, planet? Probably, and they're talking about how much they do not fit. It's weird because they on previous in previous worlds they've talked about like Donald's magic will transform them to fit with the world that happened in Halloween Town, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we will go back to Port Royal and Kingdom Hearts three. It's really weird that in this visit, they didn't even, like, gritty up their textures. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like... It's kind of like they showed up in those, like, Lord of the Rings games, the PS2. That's what it looks I like. I liked those games I liked those for game, some reason. I liked those games, too, but that's what it looks like, is it looks like Sora's just standing there next to... Like, it, in that color scheme and, and that amount of dirt on everything, basically. It's really weird. It looks like the lighting of the world isn't even, like, applying to them. It's very strange. Yeah, I I posted to my co-host a photo of Barbosa's face, because, like, and it's, because it, it's horrifying to me. And, you know, I guess, like, if I'm being objective about it, it's actually a pretty good face for the PS2. It is. But I just, it just is horrifying when then, when you see Sora or Pete next to it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like Mario talking to New Donk City people. And the other thing is when Barbosa's face moves, then it looks really bad. It's okay if it's static, (laughs) but when his mouth is moving, it looks horrible. Yeah. So we already talked about this pre-podcast. There's not, we don't need to go through the plot. It, this is... Curse of the Black Pearl, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. If you've seen it, you know what happens in it. If you haven't seen it, don't bother. That's what this is. It's such a weird thing because there's a lot of people like to talk about Disney worlds and Kingdom Hearts where Sora just watches a Disney movie. This one is like especially bizarre. And I think it might genuinely be, as of right now, the worst Disney world in any of the games to me because Sora doesn't even watch the movie Sora is doing other stuff while it repeatedly cuts to the movie happening. Yeah, it's almost like they realized like how bad Sora looked in the scenes, <laughs> and they're just like, "Well, fuck, well, get, we're just showing the movie anyway. Just get him out of there." Like we we get the fucking best start believing in ghost stories you're in one scene basically in its entire yeah it's the whole thing it goes on like and sora's not there no no none of his friends are there pete's not even there i don't think no they just remade the scene from the movie with like a shittier midi version of the soundtrack playing over it Yeah, I mean, the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack, of course, it's great. Yeah. It's very good. I don't love the MIDI version in this. 
I don't like it. Yeah, and, I, it, and, then, and it just plays over every scene. What? <laughs> They're just, like, talking to Will Turner in the town, and it's just like... <laughs> it's like you went to a community theater to watch some, like, impersonators do the scene. It's, yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not good. I, I'm trying to think what I actually have to say about it. I do want to talk about the first scene where you see Pete talking to Barbosa, and it just <sighs> cuts to him, and he just goes, Aztec Treasury! <laughs> Which is very funny. And then they... Barbosa like, tells him about their, their curse, and if you don't know, when they're standing in the moonlight, they become skeletons, and when they're not, they look like regular pirates. And they, like, step into the moon, and Pete goes... Whoa, now I get what you were saying. <laughs> it's weird that I, I thought he would know, but he doesn't even, he's just like, oh, you seem like good pirates to work with. <laughs> uh, I should say on a gameplay note, this world is horrible to play because the gimmick is that you can't hurt the pirates unless they're in the moonlight. And like, that's a cool idea to mm-hmm. put in the game, but in practice, God, it's so exhausting to fight these pirates. Also, Sora kills a lot of people in this world. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are just human beings now. The, the, the body he... count is kind of spiraling out of control. <laughs> well, because Pete even says something about how, like, yeah, you guys might be immortal, but this kid's, like, this kid can probably hurt you. <laughs> yeah, because he's, like, his magic is not of this world or something. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then Sora shows up and just starts killing them all. And on on some level, they should probably be grateful. Yeah, actually, they all want to die. That's kind of like their quest. <laughs> yeah. The Keyblade unlocked us from our cursed lives. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I have a note that is just, Christ, I guess I'll just go watch the movie on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> um, I have not rewatched it in a long time. Me neither. I always liked it a lot. There's yeah. a lot of baggage around it right now. Yeah. Not to mention, I think it's really long. I think the first one's not nearly as long as the sequels are. Oh, well, I'm still not going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I, that might that may very well be the only things that I have to say about this entire world. It doesn't move the plot forward literally at all one bit at all. No, and like the things that this makes me think about is that, you know, I don't, I think we, we kind of get there maybe with, with Halloween Town, but like Kingdom Hearts 1... The stuff you're doing in the worlds actually had, like, resonance to the themes of, like, hearts and darkness, you know? Sure did. Like, Clayton... Uh, Clay, like, Clayton's a good example, right? Where it's like, oh, he has darkness in his heart, and they, like, manipulate that, and then he has... Yeah, and it... Yeah. It, it gets into, like, the idea of who can and can't control the heartless, and who is... Who thinks they can control the heartless, but is actually just being manipulated by them, which turns out to be very important later. Yeah, but so far, like, this game's about nobodies, or it should be a, a bit, about the new concept mm-hmm. of nobodies, but there really hasn't been, like, any resonance to that at all in any of the stories going on. Um, yeah, this is weird, because I thought, in my mind, I, and I don't remember if I said this on the podcast earlier or not, I remembered it, and maybe this will get into, like, revisit stuff when we come back to these worlds, because I think every world has a revisit story, Um in my mind, all the worlds have a, an assigned organization member. Zaldin is in Beast's Castle. I think we'll see Luxord in uh, Port Royal when we come back. In my mind, every world 
was about an organization member scheming to do something probably involving turning an important character into a heartless. And so far, we've only gotten that once. And everything else has just been useless. A waste of time. Except time, Timeless River was good. Yeah, Timeless River was good. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, it's it's too bad. Well, and then I think, and again, we'll get to it when we get to Halloween Town, but it's like, these are... <laughs> the Disney World's, like, what they should be is, like, good fanfic. <laughs> which, Absol- yes, exactly. <laughs> which is, like... The Heartless or Sora or whatever are interacting with these stories in new ways. Like, they are changing the way these stories happen, and then maybe Sora gets it back on track or something like that by by saving the day. But then, like, when it's bad, it's bad bad fanfic, which is just... The story as you know it with my car- with my OC inserted. Yes, literal, literally the amount of fanfic that I have read, which is copy-pasting dialogue directly from the thing... And then just, like, changing the names a little bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I will say there is one off the top of my head, one world revisit that I can think of that is, like, the first time you go there, it is just like, let's do the plot of the movie. But then you go back and it's like, what would have happened after that? And it's very good. So we will – there is good stuff ahead. I mean, as we keep saying, Halloween Town is delightful in this. Yeah. Yep. So – yeah, I'm trying to. Th- uh, I was kind of surprised that they did include uh, the part where Will Turner threatens to shoot himself in the head. <laughs> yeah, that was shocking. Um, but they did include that. But Sora has been doing a lot of murders, so it works out. Um, uh, the 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 part where Jack turns into a skeleton in the final boss fight, I think, is complete complete dead silence. <laughs> There's so much of the final boss fight with they don't even have the background track at all. So you just hear like sword sounds and then them talking and then Sora going like, wow, that looks like a great fight. And then, <laughs> and then, then, then they, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really bizarre. Yeah. I, there's because considering how good the Kingdom Hearts soundtracks are, I've been really surprised at the amount of stuff in the Disney worlds in Kingdom Hearts 2 that it's just total silence. <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, the the last thing that happens where they kind of remember that it's a Kingdom Hearts game is that uh, Sora watches Will and Elizabeth hugging and Donald and Goofy start teasing him and they're like, hey, Sora, who are you thinking about right now? Which is good. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, Sora unlocks the gateway with Jack's famous compass from the movie and then, oh, also they... <laughs> I I really had forgotten this quality of Donald, but Sora and Goofy start, like, saying to Donald, like, hey, you probably wanted to take some of that cursed treasure. Good thing you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Donald has treasure madness. Yeah, he has treasure madness across this one and the next one. This hasn't been a thing that he's had the whole time, but he certainly has it now. Yeah. They go to Agrabah. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... I think the setup of this, but not the whole thing, is kind of based on Return of Jafar. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> it's like a hint of Return of Jafar, but not Return of Jafar. Yeah, Iago has escaped from the lamp, and he's like, "I'm I'm done with Jafar. He's a jerk." And he 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 sees Sword on and Goofy. He's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. Please don't murder me. I would like to be your friend now." Uh, and he kind of, like, bumbles his way into accidentally saving their lives from some Heartless by knocking shit over 
which I think is from the movie. I think it is, yeah. I think I think he accidentally saves Aladdin like that, maybe. Uh, so they're like, okay, we'll we'll hear you out. They take him to Jasmine. Uh, I did think it was very funny that they greeted Jasmine with a hundred times more formality than they greeted Minnie. <laughs> yeah, Don- yeah. I, I don't know. I think Donald has something going on with Minnie. Oh. Not like that. I mean, I just feel like he doesn't have <laughs> he just doesn't have the respect for many that he should. It's probably maybe I mean, probably maybe jealous. it's like uh, if if you've ever like had a friend who like becomes your boss and you're like I I'm sorry I cannot take you seriously as a boss because you're you're my you're my friend who I've like made like jerking off jokes with. That's a really good point because we got to see the past and like when Mickey was just a dude and stuff. And so it is like, yeah, like, did they just start calling themselves king and queen at some point? And everybody went along with it? I think I said this last time, but there are some hints here and there that Minnie is like a member of some royal lineage. We'll get to that yeah. eventually. It's yeah. it's not important, but it is kind of funny to think about. Um, anyway, uh, Jasmine is worried about Aladdin because he keeps going out into town alone. And uh, then she sees Iago and is like, oh, fuck, I'll call the guards and they can shoot him dead. Don't worry, guys. I'll be right back. I think also Iago is like, Aladdin might be cheating on you. <laughs> right. And they're like, dude, cool it. That, that's <laughs> not how you get people to like you. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like that, I, I, I could believe Gilbert Gottfried doing that, though. So it's it's very good. <laughs> So, yeah, they they go and they find Aladdin. Uh, I think this is where it starts to diverge from Return of Jafar, uh, because they didn't want to include, like, the thieves characters, so they just did the merchant from the first game, <laughs> from the first movie, who they already had a model for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abu has stolen a lamp from him, which turns out to be Jafar's lamp that he's in. Uh-oh. And they reunite with Jafar. He explains the reason that he keeps going out into town on his own is because Genie and Carpet went off on their own adventure and he's just been so bored at the palace. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is from the movie, but that is that is a ridiculous premise. Yeah, Aladdin is a little dick. Like, <laughs> like I just... It's kind of like, I don't know, that's just... It's really unlikable, Aladdin. I'm surprised that there's not like a direct-to-video spin-off Genie and Carpet's Big Adventure. Don't get them any ideas. <laughs> uh, so, well, they can't make that now. Will Smith has been canceled. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's a violent murderer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the reason they couldn't do that for sure. So, what ultimately happens? This scene fucking kills me because they Aladdin's like, okay, we need to get that lamp from the merchant because it's jafar's lamp iago tells them and aladdin's like well the merchant he's mad at me because he thinks that i had my monkey steal the lamp from him so you guys have to talk to him and donald is like got it and they walk in and donald's like we can pay any price we have royal treasure to trade and the merchant's like ah that valuable huh And here I thought this was just a little shitty lamp. Right. <laughs> Donald Donald is not... What is Donald good at? I guess magic. That's, that's what he's good at. <laughs> Literally only magic. Literally only magic, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, so he's like, oh, sick. Bring bring me a piece of treasure beyond my wildest imagination in that case. And they're like, oh, fuck. You know, Aladdin could just ask his girlfriend to probably give them some treasure, but... I think I think there's a like non-voiced cutscene right after this scene where they ask Aladdin about that, and he's like, "No, I don't want her to know that I blew it or something." He's like, "I'd okay. be embarrassed." Well, fair enough. Yeah, uh, and that would be that would be letting a lady do something, and so no way, <laughs> right? Uh, but Iago offers to help them find some treasure in the Cave of Wonders as an apology. Uh, and we see, they don't see this, but we see right before they arrive, Pete walks his big stupid ass into the Cave of Wonders. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like how the Cave of Wonders is just around now. It's not like a yeah, thing. I it's... was thinking about that. I was like, oh, he didn't have to like go through any trials to get in. He's not like dodging traps. He's just like, here I go. Yeah, you just walk in and it's always there. And the, it's it doesn't come out of the, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, the big like tiger head sticking out of the sand. It's just there. Because don't you have to use like gems you throw into the sand to summon it or something like that? Ooh, that I don't remember. I think that's right. I don't know. That I don't remember. Uh, probably. Maybe Pete brought some gems. Pete Maleficent gave him a bag of gems to get into the Cave of Wonders. Could be. Wait, why would you throw away gems to get into the cave where you get gems? I thought that, like, that's what the eyes of the tiger were made of, but I'm, I'm maybe I'm just completely making something up now. Sort of a take a gem, leave a gem situation. Yeah, that's right. Well, but then don't take gem, because then you die. <laughs> leave a gem, then take a gem, then die. Then die. Only take lamp. <laughs> but don't do that either yeah don't do that uh they there's gameplay but eventually they there's nothing to say they eventually find uh a big gold room full of gold and there is this ridiculous what even was this thing it was it looked like the fucking struggle trophy but made of gold i i have no idea what it was supposed to be yeah just some big <laughs> I mean, yeah, big struggle trophy with with gems on it, just like that. Maybe it's a callback to the struggle trophy. Maybe. It's just a big, incredibly gaudy hunk of gold with gems attached. Uh, and, yeah, they they grab it. I think that's kind of it. I don't think that there's, like, a trap that gets them. Uh, yeah, a tra- well, I think a trap gets activated, and then and, and then they deal with it. But, yeah, it's They're fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Pete, who has somehow ended up behind them, is like listening to them talk, and they're like, This is great. We can get this big piece of treasure and then go back and trade it to that merchant who is at this location <laughs> for Jafar's lamp that he's in. That way, no bad guys will get it. And Pete's like, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I have a really hard time buying Pete as a competent villain. Uh, <laughs> well, that's because he's not. That's fair. He does outsmart them, like, half the time, though. <laughs> well, they're not very smart themselves. No, that's true. If they would listen to Goofy, Pete would never outsmart them. Yeah, that's true. It's more about them having a magical key than it is really about them necessarily being good at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Donald, meanwhile, sees the big ruby from the movie and gets big ruby from the movie eyes. Yep. Uh, I think Abu steals it, which we'll find later. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They get back to the merchant, and he's being chased around by Pete. Iago steals the lamp, and they steal it back and forth. This is an insanely long farce that happens. Because <laughs> really you got the merchant and Pete and Iago, 
and they're all running around and Sora and Goofy and Donald just like stand by and watch all this happen. It's really, <laughs> it's really, it's really Donald, something. Donald, you have Stopka. Use it. What are you doing? Yeah, do anything. <laughs> Literally anything would be good. Don't, wh- but fortunately, uh, Genie returns. Yep. And he somehow mistakes Pete for a fat royal Aladdin. That was kind of funny. <laughs> He's like, wow, the the palace life really has treated you well, eh, Aladdin? And Aladdin's like, come on, man. I think that is a joke from Return of Jafar. Oh, from when Pete is there. When Pete is <laughs> yeah, that's right. I will say, I, I think I've only seen it the one time when I was a kid. I think I've seen every Disney movie like at least five times because of my sisters. So uh, mm. I think that, but that one probably only like three times. <laughs> I always liked Prince of Thieves better personally, but I don't know if that's a good opinion. <sighs> I think they're both kind of rough. <laughs> Not when you're a stupid child. Nope. Uh, I have a, a fun, this isn't my crackpot corner because I don't personally believe this, mm-hmm. but this is a theory that a lot of people have. Because Pete summons two Heartless to fight them in the final boss battle of this world. And it's like a big fire Heartless and a big ice Heartless. And some people think that these are the Heartless created when Lee and Evan had their hearts removed to make them Axel and Vexen. That seems like a big stretch. Why would they be here? Don't know. I don't like that theory. I don't want that theory to be true. You know, you know, we see Sora become a Heartless, and he's just a shadow. I don't know why. Yeah. Although I, it's very different circumstances, I guess, and he's a very different person anyway. But <laughs> I, in my mind, the Heartless of all of the organization members are just some shadows somewhere. But I don't know. They might, they might be out there somewhere. This could be them. The one thing I will say that I think is maybe a point in favor of that theory is that at the end of this fight when it starts the post fight cutscene, we do the game does make like a point to show the hearts being released when they defeat the heartless at the end do you remember that yeah which is kind of unusual i don't think we've ever seen that in any other boss fight like this so it could there could be something going on there i've put that on the list of keep an eye out for this kind of stuff in the end in the the long run but i don't want that to be the case (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like if there isn't any reason for it to be them, then it's not them. Yeah. Also, like, Lee and Evan, they're not like a duo. I know that they're fire and ice in the organization, but it's not even like they work together. Right, they don't even like each other, apparently. Like, I mean, who would like Vexen, but... No, yeah, impossible. Yeah, if, if this was like... Uh, Pete summons, like, the Fire Heartless and the Moon Heartless, I would be like, oh, shit, that's probably Lee and Isa. But, yeah, I don't know. This felt like it was just Fire and Ice because it's Fire and Ice. Yeah, it's like a good... But, you know, I I wrote it down. We'll make a note of it. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, um, I had a thought here, because we have good old Homer Simpson here as as the genie. And, you know, Disney owns the Simpsons now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking forward to the Simpsons world in Kingdom Hearts 4, where we just watch Kingdom Hearts hit and run. (laughs) No, we're just going to watch the monorail episode, except for (laughs) except for Sora standing there. Oh, they can't. Phil Hartman's not going to be there. They'll do. Oh, and Leonard Nimoy's not going to be there. Oh, yeah. They'll just do the fucking stupid ass Simpsons movie. We'll see Bart Simpson's penis. 
Uh, he'll be Soros instead this time, but he'll be yellow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Ooh, I do want to see Sora as a Simpsons character, though. I think that would be good. That would be good. That would be fun. Yeah. I don't want that to happen, but if, <laughs> if it did, if it did, whatever. Yeah. I'm I'm so I'm so just like resigned to the state of Disney and the state of Kingdom Hearts these days that like just like whatever. Yeah, they'll probably do an Avengers level in Kingdom Hearts 4. It'll probably be good. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Sim- yeah, it's Hit and Run. Now there's a game. Now that's a good game. <laughs> that's a good game. I yeah. replayed it a little bit not that long ago and I was like, this is a pretty fucking good game. Yeah. We should we should do a podcast about that instead. Uh <laughs> They put the lamp, which, by the way, Jafar does not come out of it this whole time. That was so shocking. I think I can guess why, what's why? going to happen in the revisit. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, like, are we really not going to get, like, <laughs> we're not going to get to see Jafar? The cool thing that could happen? Okay. He's got to come up. Yeah. All right. Uh, they just put, they put it in, like, a big, like, coffin underground. Yeah, this hilariously large crypt they put this tiny lamp in. I have to assume that this is from the movie, because otherwise I don't know what the hell this was, <laughs> because it's not, this is not even like an environment that we see any other time in this world. I don't remember it, but it could be, yeah. Uh, they go back to the palace, uh, Aladdin's not here, but Jasmine and Genie accept Iago's apology. He's a friend now. Oh, this is the part where Aladdin, <laughs> fucking Donald, Aladdin runs back into the palace with Abu, who has stolen the ruby from the cave. And they, like, tackle him, and Donald gets ruby eyes again, and he, he grabs it, and he stares at it with a big, with a big like, hypnotized smile on his face, and then he goes, he goes, ah, who needs it? And he throws it, but he's doing, like, the tricking your dog trick. <laughs> yeah. He thought it would work. And he's just holding it behind his back, and he kind of sheepishly goes, like, oh, I guess it got stuck. You know what's funny though is that they're really the reason you're not supposed to steal stuff from the Cave of Wonders isn't because it's bad to have. It's because the cave's gonna burn down and kill you when you do that. And if right. you if you got out with the treasure and it's and you're fine, then there's really nothing wrong with having the ruby. Yeah. Who cares? Keep it. Keep it. Give it, give it to Donald. Or, or give it to the monkey, one of the two, but who ca- it doesn't really matter. Give it to Donald. It can be an accessory that gives you like plus one thousand magic or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. It got stuck. Don't worry about it. Uh, but the ruby unlocks the next gateway. Goodbye. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this. Have you noticed the amount of thumbs up in this game? I haven't really. There's a lot of thumbs up in this game. Aladdin gives Sora a thumbs up when they leave. I feel like Nomura like saw someone <laughs> give a thumbs up. Maybe, uh, maybe he was like working on, uh, fucking advent children and one of the voice actors like gave him a thumbs up in the recording booth or something and he was like oh that's pretty cool yes (laughs) yes now now i notice it every time someone gives a thumbs up it happens a lot keep an eye out thumbs up with sea salt ice cream yes (laughs) we are on thumb watch now thumb watch oh yeah i guess feet watch aladdin's got feet and there you go yeah, Aladdin has feet. Genie does not have feet, so that was a real blow to our morale. Yeah. He should have feet now, though, because he's not tied to the lamp anymore. I know, right? Maybe he did have feet. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. 
Here, I'm going to pull up the video because I forgot to do that to see what we're watching next week. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that and see if Genie has feet while I'm at it. Okay, good. It's what our fans demand. No feet on the Genie. Mm. What a shame. Plot hole. So that's Agrabah, part one. We'll we'll probably see Jafar next time. But, but for now, it's time to have a good world. Yay! A great world. I don't really like Nightmare Before Christmas world in Kingdom Hearts 1 that much. I think it's okay. It's so funny here. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember enjoying it quite a bit from a watching cutscene point of view last time. But yeah, this is this is even better than it was in the first one. Yeah, we we see Jack kind of creeping around the like the doors to the different holiday worlds in the forest, and he he sees the Christmas Town door, and he's just like, uh, "No one, no one's watching me." In I go. Uh, <laughs> And then Sora arrives in Halloween Town, and Donald and Goofy also. And they look around, and they're like, why is there lights on strings everywhere? What's going on here? It's weird that they would notice it that much, but, um, I, you know, whatever. I get it. You gotta have something. And Jack, he flies down in a coffin sleigh pulled by skeletal reindeers and wishes them a Merry Christmas. And he says, Halloween Town's gonna be handling Christmas this year. And they look around at all the, like comical christmas horrors <laughs> and sora is into it yeah Sora's very into goth christmas and i am too so i get it <laughs> uh they go to dr finkelstein's lab where lock shock and barrel are like his assistants i guess they're just kind of like rudderless without oogie boogie to boss them around yeah so they're just doing a bad job for the doctor <laughs> <laughs> they're like helping him put together some kind of spooky robot or something i don't know that, that'll that probably come up in part two. It was, it was unclear, for sure. Uh, but they, like, fuck up the robot and, like, run out the door laughing. Uh, Jack asks Sally if she has finished it. Mm -hmm. We will find out later this is uh, his Santa suit that he's having her make for him. Um, and it, th this was where I was kind of like, oh, boy, yeah, this is, this is Kingdom Hearts rehashes the plot of A Nightmare Before Christmas. But it's not. No. We will we will find out very explicitly later. This is after the movie. This is Jack has not learned his lesson, and he's like, no, I think I'm going to do Christmas. No, it's going to work this time, for sure. It's going to work this time, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Which explains why everyone is so, so insistent. Like, Jack, can you fucking give it a rest? Uh, yeah, Sally's so weird about it. I'm like, is there actually something else going on with Jack? Does Jack have darkness in his heart or something right now? Because she's like, she's very much like, you You can't let him do this to Sora and, and Donald and Goofy. <laughs> he's, just, he's just bad at it, that's all. Yeah, I guess maybe she's worried he's going to kidnap Santa again. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, so he, he says he's going to go meet Sandy Claus. Uh, and everyone is like, oh god, I don't know about this, but Sora is beside himself right now. He's like, I, I, I can, I can meet, I can meet Santa Claus? Yeah, I mean, and you know what, I'd, I'd be pretty excited too. It's weird that Sora knows about Santa Claus, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. Like, I, like, whatever, I'm good with it, I'm glad they all get Christmas, but like... Uh, very weird that Sora knows about Santa Claus. Does yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. Does Sora know about Jesus Christ? 
I was actually talking to Lauren about this just the other day uh, when we were talking about Sora knowing Santa. In my mind, every every Disney World exists in isolation, I would say. And Jesus Christ is not in any way relevant to A Nightmare Before Christmas, except for real-world context for what Christmas is. Except for the name of the holiday. (laughs) Who? So, in my mind, uh, in this world, Santa has nothing to do with Jesus Christ from religion. No, I, I, yeah, I buy that. I just, I, I would love to see Christ World of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Who owns the rights to the Passion of the Christ? Oh, you don't want, you don't want to talk to that guy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, Sora, <laughs> Jesus is up on the cross and they're stabbing him with the spear and Sora's standing there going, ouch, that looks painful. <laughs> That's gotta hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald's trying to, I don't know, steal <laughs> the, the money that that uh, they gave to uh, Judas. Sora's like, we should help him off that cross. And Goofy's like, Sora, remember what we said about the order. He must die for our sins. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild, though, to think about the fact that what we learn in this world is that canonically, Santa Claus gets in his sleigh and he flies through interspace and he does deliver presents to every world. Yeah, does he go through tunnels of darkness, you think? <laughs> I think he's taking the lanes between, but I don't know if those have come up yet. Okay. <laughs> or he's in his gummy sleigh, I don't know. Yeah, alright. Any of those work for me. Whatever whatever it is, we do know for a fact that he he is the same Santa Claus who has delivered presents to Sora in his childhood until he turned eight. But we'll come back to oh, that that's later. So good. <laughs> so uh the the town gets attacked by Heartless, blah blah blah. Maleficent finds Lockshock and Beryl in their tub walking around and terrifies them with her magic and she's like these three shitty children could be useful to me and i just want to put a little question in everyone's minds which is we know that the organization members are going to different worlds to try to turn strong-hearted people into heartless so that they can get their nobodies so the question is what is maleficent doing here because the last time we saw her she was scheming to take Mickey and Minnie's castle from them. So just put that in your head. What is Maleficent doing here? Uh, meanwhile, Jack takes them to the Christmas town door, and they jump in, and we do get a goofy yell. Yep. We love to hear it. And uh, this is a fun fact. Kingdom Hearts 2 original version, uh, they just are in their their Halloween town looks. But in, in Final Mix, they get special Christmas looks. I love the special Christmas looks. Donald is a little snowman. He's a, he's like a, I don't know what they were going for here, but he's like a funny snowman. He's got like a tin can on his head. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but he he looked great though. Uh, Goofy is a reindeer, which is good. And Sora is inexplicably, he's wearing like a dark gray Santa suit, but he's also still spooky Sora from Halloween Town. Well, he, it's because he loves the spirit of goth Christmas. 
<laughs> I guess that's I guess that's really what it is. Yeah. Uh I should give a shout out by the way to uh the people who worked on this world for Final Mix because they really outdid themselves in terms of I mentioned the drive forms before mm-hmm. where Sora can go like valor mode, wisdom mode, etc. In Halloween Town and Christmas Town, both of them, they each have for every form a different version of Sora's Halloween and uh, Christmas outfits down to like when he's in the Halloween world he has like a little like a little devil thing over his eye I can't remember exactly what it is it's just like a little devil face for every single drive form that he has it like changes the little face that he's got over his eye in the Christmas ones he gets like a different like symbol on his hat they didn't have to do that, and it's it's really good, especially since a lot of most of the forms you don't even have at this point in the game. So, yeah, kudos to them on that. I love shit like that. Yeah, no, it's it's really great. It, it does it, it does make me just go like, why aren't you doing this in all the worlds? Other than it's probably a lot of work, but yeah, I I wish that they had more transformations, but I understand that that's probably a pain in the ass to do for every world. Yeah. At the very least, give Sora some, like, shorter shorts and <laughs> let him take his jacket off in Agrabah. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, they meet Santa Claus. Uh, Sora introduces himself and asks if he's on the nice list, and Santa says, no. <laughs> no, you stop believing in me. <laughs> it's not just that he stopped believing in Santa, it's that when he was eight or nine... He went around telling all of his friends that he didn't believe in Santa. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, hey, Waka, you know, Santa's not real. And Waka's like, hey, man, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and, and that's yeah, it's extra bad because he got other people to stop believing in Santa. <laughs> Santa doesn't mess around. Seven years ago, he's still holding on to this grudge. The Santa in Nightmare Before Christmas is, like, very gruff and kind of mean, so this all mm-hmm. this all tracks. But Donald asks, what about me and Goofy? Are we on the nice list? And Santa says yes. So it turns out this Santa actually does mess around. <laughs> right. <laughs> because Donald should not be on the nice list if Sora isn't. Yeah, that was confusing to me, but I guess Donald's always kept Santa in his heart, and that's what One really meant. One year ago, you betrayed your friend Sora. It's really just about fealty to Santa. That's all he actually cares about. <laughs> That's all he cares about. Yeah. If you're loyal to me, and I don't give a shit about anything else. <laughs> but Sora, here, while you're here, I've got a big hunk of coal for you, you piece of shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's a perfect Santa impression. <laughs> he's always saying that. Yeah. Uh, and he sees Jack, and he's like, oh, God, what is it this time, Jack? What what trouble have you brought into my life? <laughs> <laughs> and they hear some some noises, some bumping and thumping from the workshop, and they go in, and Maleficent is there, and she's with the children. And she says, oh good, Jack brought Sora and his friends. I can kill them, all at once. <laughs> and they they leave, they they back off, they're gonna, they're gonna adjust their plans, because they didn't know that Sora would be here. Right. And at that point, you might be wondering, oh, so... That's not why they were here. That's not why Maleficent was here. She didn't come to have anything to do with Sora. So just re- readjust your predictions in your mind if necessary. Right. Yeah, just a happy accident here. 
but we we find out why she's here because they escape back to Halloween Town, and Maleficent says to the children, "You know, I was really hoping." To destroy that ridiculous Christmas town. But now that Sora's friends are here, the plan has changed. Revenge before pleasure. <sighs> Maleficent was here to blow up Christmas town and kill Santa Claus. I mean, that is a very evil thing to do. Just completely unrelated to anything else she's up to in this game. She's like, I'm gonna take a little break, take some me time, and I'm gonna go kill Santa. Yeah, I mean. No, it's very silly. It's very funny. <laughs> this, I I fucking love Maleficent. She's like vamping at the kids where they're like, what kind of revenge? And she's like, why, the magnificent, malevolent kind, of course. And they're like, wow, that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> these, Yeah, what's up with these kids, though? That they're like down to murder Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know that these kids are singing about killing Barney and stuff. Yeah, oh, for sure. They're at that age where they're like, I'm a big kid now. I hate Santa. I, I always assumed they were like gremlins or something or changelings or something, and that's why they're in no, Halloween. No, they're trick-or-treaters. But you, you just get to live in Halloween Town if you're a trick-or-treater? I guess so. Okay. Yeah, that is weird because everyone else who lives there is like... A skeleton, a, a two-faced monster, whatever. That's what I mean. I, I thought maybe they're like the kids from, you know, Pet Cemetery or something. Yeah, I don't know. They just hang out. Yeah. Oogie Boogie needs minions. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Oogie Boogie, uh, they, they say something to the effect of like, wow, you're even more evil than Oogie Boogie. And Maleficent's like, that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, didn't do, he did such a shitty job last time. That bag of bugs. Uh, but she's like, you know what? I'll bring him back. And she does. She resurrects Oogie Boogie. But he came back wrong, it seems, because he can't remember anything. <laughs> now, this is an interesting thing. And I, I want you to just put a pin in this for the next uh, 1,000 episodes. When Oogie Boogie comes back to life, he doesn't seem to have his memories entirely there. Not only that, it seems like he's like, has short-term memory problems. He seems to not... He doesn't really remember anything from, like, around the time that he died. And he did die. Right. Let me add that to the, <laughs> to the list of, of murders. Yeah, he turned into Oogie a house Boogie and then he... did die. He turned into a house and then he got killed. I thought that he didn't because I knew he was in this, but I forgot that Maleficent resurrects him. <laughs> <laughs> but Sora did kill him. Uh, we do get a, a good... I feel like a million bugs! That was good. It's a good joke. And uh, Maleficent has to, like, keep reminding him that Sora and Jack killed him. And he's like, that's terrible. <laughs> I don't like that at all. That's not nice. But he remembers Jack I, and he remembers that he hates Jack. Yeah, yeah. And then he just, like, falls asleep standing up. Yeah, he's not doing very well. So Maleficent's like, okay, I'm going to take him to recover, get some rest since he's... Still, maybe a little bit dead. Uh, you three take this heartless boss uh, and fight Sora when they show up. And she leaves behind a big heartless that you won't have seen this because it is only in the boss fight. But it does start eating the children. <laughs> oh. It, it, like, eats one of the kids at a time and they, like, give it, like, elemental powers for each of them or something. Weird. 
Yeah, it's not literally eating them, but it is weird to see it just, like, grabbing them and, like, throwing them in its mouth and swallowing them. I mean, it's cool, but yeah. <laughs> you know, Lock, Shock, and Barrel's famous elemental powers. Right, we all, yeah. They they beat the boss. The kids mention Oogie as they run away, so Sora and friends are like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, I, uh, that guy turned into a house and I killed him. We definitely murdered that guy. Uh... Santa, meanwhile, he comes to Halloween Town, but he gets lost in the woods. And Sally takes this opportunity to jump out at him and go boo, and then tell him, uh, you gotta get out of here and lock that door and do not let Jack in, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. He's bad at this. Please, please stop him. I don't know. I, I could see this, and maybe this will come up in the revisit. I could see this being a thing about Jack sort of getting into darkness territory, not in, like, an evil way, but in, like, a sort of losing losing himself in his, like, selfish desires kind of way. Yeah, I yeah, because I thought that was going to, like, be the thing, is, like, oh, Maleficent's, Maleficent's actually here and, like, manipulating him. Like, manipulating... No, she's here to kill Santa. No, here to kill... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Maleficent and Oogie are watching from nearby, and she says, okay, Oogie, here's the plan. You go kidnap Santa and then take him to Christmas Town and start blasting shit up. <laughs> and she says, and I quote, I will turn Santa Claus into Santa Heartless. It makes sense. He's probably got a very powerful heart. He probably does. And they do a very loud evil laugh. And you're thinking, wait, is that a good idea? They're like not very far from Santa and Sally. And then Santa and Sally hear them, but then Oogie Boogie just runs over and grabs Santa. So, it's fine. <laughs> no problem. This part's so weird. <laughs> yeah, Sally tells them what happened, and they go to Christmas Town. Uh, Oogie has, like, converted the workshop into some kind of evil machine? Yeah, it's an evil machine, and it has, like, some gambling, like, uh, theming to it, but not nearly as much as his last layer. Yeah. And this is where we get another sense that maybe he is not retaining his memories since being resurrected, because he just, like, turns and looks at Maleficent, and he's like, What are you doing here? Get out! Yeah, it's nothing to do with you. And she's like, I'll leave, but you shall rue this day! Ah Yeah, that was a She kind of accepts that a little bit too quickly, I would say. It was a weird reaction, especially because she knows that he can't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know what? I think I kind of lost the plot on this one. I, I did kind of just want to leave anyway. Yeah, I guess I don't really need to kill Santa. <laughs> this is this is fun. Uh, Sora and everyone else run in, and Oogie like tackles Sally off of a ledge, and her leg like gets knocked off. I don't know what was up with that. Well, that's her thing. Her her limbs come off, and she sews them back on. Oh, okay. It didn't happen at all in the first game, so I, I, I didn't remember that being a thing with her. But yeah, her leg falls off, uh, and Oogie at this point, he like turns and looks at Santa, and he's like, Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in my conveyor belt office? Oh, it's so weird. I, <laughs> it's, I, It kind of feels like the writers lost the plot a little bit on this one. <laughs> I don't mind it, though. I I love the idea that Maleficent tried to resurrect Oogie, and she just, like, she just, like, didn't really know what she was doing, or, like, she she just doesn't understand how bringing people back from the dead works, and Oogie just, he's just, like, 
got dementia. Yeah, I mean, maybe Maleficent's dealing with the same thing, because she only came back to life a little bit ago. Well, this is what I was going to say, and uh, I don't want to get too into this, but don't forget that Maleficent being brought back was specifically because the fairies remembered her. Right. Maybe something's going on there. That I'm not, I'm not too sure on that, because... You know, the children were there, and they would remember him, but I don't know. It, something feels off here. I don't remember if we really ever get into why Oogie's all messed up. Yeah, I mean, his memories are not chained correctly, I guess. Nominee, help! <laughs> help Oogie Boogie, I guess. Oogie, thank Nominee, please, don't forget. Yeah. Uh, but Sally uses her leg as a distraction. She just, like, throws it, and Oogie's like, what the hell? <laughs> and she rescues Santa. Yeah. There's a conveyor belt battle that's probably annoying. It it looked like it might be, yeah. And then Oogie dies again. He's dead. So Sora has now killed Oogie Boogie twice. We do get a classic Oogie Boogie bug explosion. Does so it count as one or two murders, you think? I count it as two. Okay. Uh, So yeah, they, they all like tell Jack, like, please... Please just stick to Halloween. Sally brings him the Santa suit that she made him, but she's really, really not comfortable with what's happening here. And Santa has to, like, beg him to stop. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Christmas is fun, but Halloween's better, you know? I like how Santa makes a big uh, emotional speech to Jack about, like, our we both have very important jobs and what's important isn't how we feel and what we get to do out of it, but but how we bring joy to children. And it, it's about the children. And I do Christmas the best and make the kids happy. And you do Halloween the best and make the kids happy. And the whole time he's giving this speech, he's just like, just like, now get going. Just like ushering him towards the door. Now, now go ahead and scooch over to that there tree. Please, please, please do not kidnap me. <laughs> oh, God. Please. Jack, you are truly the king of frights. Please leave and never come back. And you are, you make so many children so happy. Please fucking get the hell out of here. And the world just wouldn't be this. Please. <laughs> please. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, please leave. In the name of my boss, Jesus. <laughs> My boss is coming, and I can't have the town all destroyed when he gets here. Yeah, one of the trees in the little grove has a cross on it, and that's how you get to, to Christ world. Oh, man. I I know that this is, this is from the movie, and it's never going to be addressed, but I am so fascinated at some of those, uh, mm-hmm. some of those other doors. The Thanksgiving world, that can't be good. No, it's very regional. <laughs> Isn't what there's Valentine's World, which is probably disgusting. Yeah, that doesn't seem great. Do you think there's a Canadian Thanksgiving door and an American Thanksgiving door? Or are they the same one? It's gotta be. I think what is it? It's like St. Patrick's Day is one of them. Easter, Just right? Everyone I is think. everyone is perpetually drunk. What'd you say? Easter's one, I think. Yeah, there's an Easter one. I think that I think we see in one of these cutscenes like a fireworks door for Fourth of July. That's right. I mean, an Easter door lends more credence to there being, you know, a Jesus Christ somewhere around here. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, the fireworks door—that's the worst. Yes, that sh- there should not be a world for the Fourth of July. 
<laughs> there should not be. Everyone who lives in that world is just, like, miserable. Like, I haven't slept ever. <laughs> My dog is so scared. My dog. <laughs> We we send our dogs to be decapitated in Halloween Town. It's a it's a better fate than this, unless that's New Year's Eve door, um, which yeah, is same same problem. Same problem, I guess. Just less weird nationalism, I guess. It's just good. Uh, j- there's <laughs> I forgot the mayor of Halloween Town runs and he's like Jack, Jack, please come back. And Jack is like, oh, okay, and he starts walking back in his Santa suit. And it lights up and starts glittering, which means that it's about to open the next gateway. And the mayor, like, turns to Jack and is like, Jack, stop messing around! (laughs) I would, yeah, I would be tired of Jack shit, too. (laughs) But the ending of this is so, so good as Santa pulls Sora aside and is like, Sora, do you remember... Your friend who told you that there was no Santa in the first place? And Sora's like, I do. Do you know where Riku is, Santa Claus? <laughs> he should. He's Santa. And, and yeah, Santa is like, all I can tell you is he's on the nice list. <laughs> Why does Sora not get reinstated, but Riku gets reinstated for being the person that tells you Santa's not real? I actually don't. I don't think he actually said that. All he oh. knows is he he's on a list, so he's like Riku is alive, and Sora's like, "Thank you, Santa Claus." Uh, okay, <laughs> thank you, Santa from Christmas. Thank you so much. I will admit that I was watching this before I went to bed last night, and I was kind of falling asleep at the end of Halloween Town, so I might have missed that. That's fine. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so Sora has confirmed Riku is alive because he's on one of Santa's lists. <sighs> He doesn't check on Kyrie, but I guess Kyrie is just back on the Destiny Islands yeah, anyway, so she's fine. No reason she wouldn't be okay, I guess. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, next time. So this is a little weird, because it doesn't matter, but as far as I can tell, things get a little bit inconsistent uh, in terms of order at this point. As f- Like, the gameplay videos I've been watching we don't go to the same place. Like, there's a thing that happens here in the gameplay videos that happens, like, two or three viewings from now in the cutscene compilation, so I don't really know what's going on there, but all the cutscene compilations I could find seemed to be in the same order, so we'll just go with that. So next time, we will be going to the Pride Lands. We will be going to Hundred Acre Wood. Okay. And if we have time, we will also be going to Atlantica. Okay. Do you know the thing of Atlantica in Kingdom Hearts 2? No. Well, find out next time or the time after that. Okay. I won't spoil the surprise. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for this time. Relatively short episode because of fucking Pirates of the Caribbean being so nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Oh, you know another thing? about Pirates of the Caribbean versus Halloween Town is that Halloween Town looks great. It still looks good. And that's because, yeah. like, stylized animation looks way better than, like, photorealistic stuff, and it's always going to live up better through yeah, time. Yeah, pretty much always. Yeah. Unless unless you're talking about, like, Reboot or Code Lyoko. Everything else. Yeah, that's not really, like... Everything else that was ever made. Well, that's also them trying to use, like, 
cool technology and not like yeah. do art in a style. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. In a sense, Code Lyoko was sort of the proto L.A. noir Death Stranding kind of pushing <laughs> right. pushing the limits of technology. And I remember when Beast when uh, Transformers Beast Wars looked like the best thing I'd ever seen. God. And now I look at it and I'm like, this is sub N64. <laughs> it's unreal. I can't. I cannot believe how badly Beast Wars has aged. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. It's like, we're living in the future. Look at this. I know. I, I, That's like, I, like 10 overlapping polygons. My dad watched it with me because he thought it looked so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb as fuck, but God, it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Beast Wars video game that looked exactly the same as the show. <laughs> I bet. I probably looked better. <laughs> not quite sure they probably made the show in the video game engine. that's true i yeah i had a action figure which was the one that was part hawk part uh hammerhead shark which is pretty sick mm. yeah i i cannot remember it was way too long ago to remember any of my beast wars action figures beast wars should be in kingdom hearts 4 yeah actually yeah i don't think they, well. <laughs> they don't own it but if they could. Who owns Transformers? Uh, is that... Is it I think it's Warner Brothers. Okay. I, was, I don't know why I oh, <laughs> no, expected you to know that. it's Universal, because that's where the ride is. Oh, of course. Although Universal is also where the Simpsons ride is, so who fucking knows what's going on there? That's true. I have no idea. Business. What will they think of next? Uh, They will put... They will have a scene where Star Wars fights Marvel in the Kingdom Hearts. That'd be cool. They'll probably go to Avatar. Oh. They have to promote the theme park. Oh, now I'm on board. Yeah, there we go. That sounds great. Do you great. like Avatar? I've never seen it. No, it's not that. I just think it'd be really funny to see Sora and Avatar. That's all. Oh, yeah, they can make him blue. Make him blue. Make him photorealistic. Uh, that's <laughs> oh, the God. segment where you have to put on 3D glasses in your home. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 4 can only be played with a 3D TV. <laughs> God, it'll be like fucking Sly Cooper where Bentley is like, Sly, this level's in the dark. Put on your 3D glasses. <laughs> yes, perfect. I'm like, I don't see how this makes sense. And also it looks appallingly bad. This is Wish Us Duck. It is. The segment where we have to talk like Donald Duck or else. Yeah. What are we saying? This what should I say this time? I was just asking you that. Um, <laughs> what does he say about the the big ruby? He says, ah, who needs it? And then he throws it and he says, I guess it got stuck. I can try to say, ah, who needs it, I guess. Okay. And I'll try to say, I guess it got stuck. Okay. <clears throat> and all of the listeners can throw something in the middle of that. Yeah, please do. Uh, throw your ice cream across the room. But just pretend. Uh, no, throw your ice cream on your desk across the room. Okay. Okay. All right. I guess I'll... Tr That's, I did said, you leave the sink on? Uh, wait, did you not hear anything? <laughs> no, I heard it. Okay. I was insulting you. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, now everyone throw your ice cream. Yep, throw your ice cream. Let us know when you've done that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just, got a, uh, I just got a million Discord notifications for our one million listeners. Wow. <laughs> 
yeah. I mean, that was. Yeah, you did it. I don't feel good about it. Better than mine. I just made that one. All right. I just made like one horrible tortured duck scream into the mic. So <laughs> you did a lot better than I did. Yeah, but I'm I'm trying to take Tony's job, and I'm just not progressing at the rate that I wish I was. Okay. Well, uh, putting it alongside me helps. <laughs> When I am the new voice of Donald Duck, you will also be there in the recording studio. <laughs> Everyone's like, I don't know if that was quite right, Sam. Okay, well, listen to this guy do it. <laughs> and I'm much better than that. And then you that. do it. And then I do it. And then I take your job because I've been. I, <laughs> oh, no. Because there's someone even worse doing it next to you. No, no. I've just been. This has been me uh, pulling a long con the whole time. I actually can oh, do it perfectly. Shit. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's not cool. We're on co-host at Sounds About Light. We're on Twitter at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on co-host at Achilles Heelys. And I guess I'm also on Mastodon, but I I have not used it at all. Yeah, I'm Positive Stress at Elec.xyz, I think. I, yeah, I can't. Uh, it's Achilles Heelys, I think. I don't remember at what. <laughs> that that was years ago. That was not even a recent Mastodon. Mm, got it. Uh, we're on noisepace.xyz. Listen to my podcasts. Listen to mine. Listen to me. <laughs> Listen to Dr. Huh, where we just posted our episode on The Snowmen, a very bad Christmas special that we hated. Oh, I still haven't listened to that. I need the. I'm excited on to hear it. On Zero to Zero. We watched more Blade 2, and it was kind of boring. Oh, oh no. We're hoping for a really strong Act 3, though. I mean, it'll be better than Fantastic Four, I bet. <laughs> it would be hard to be worse. Um, there's other shows, shows, shows? shows on Noise Space. Um, you've got Pot of Greed. About Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, about Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, city Girls Make Do about Sex in the City. And, uh, Wauku Robot about Gundam. Gundam! Listen to those podcasts, or else. Or else I will do my Donald Duck impression in your home. <laughs> <laughs> and like we say at the end of every episode... Keyblade! Keyblade! Aztec treasury! Aye, and thanks to the curse put on it, we are neither among the living nor the dead. Whoa! Now I get what you were saying. Hmm. Well, if you see two doofuses and a brat holding a keyblade, steer clear. A match for Barbosa, you say? Hey! See there? I knew it. Those are the punks I was telling you about. Who are you calling punks? It's Sora, Donald, and Goofy to you, and don't you forget it. That we won't, and we'll engrave it on your tombstone, to be sure. Whoa, I like your style. <laughs> <laughs>